0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. He woke up before the sunrise. The whole camp was quiet. The morning dew was still settling on the tents, around him. It was peaceful, but there was a storm brewing in his heart. And he knew he shouldn't feel this way, but he couldn't help it. He was worried. As he scanned the horizon, he saw the same view he had seen every morning for the past 40 years. Wilderness. God had promised his people a land flowing with milk and honey, and as he looked around him, this didn't look like the promised land. And if he was honest with himself, he felt a little guilty, too. The events of the week played in his mind over and over again. That thing he had said to his wife that he wished he could take back as soon as the words left his mouth, that heated argument he had gotten into with his neighbor, and really it was over nothing. He also felt alone. Lately it felt like God was keeping his distance. They were down here in the camp, and God was up there on the mountain, but no one, no one could approach him, or talk to him, or see him. And so with this storm of emotions, in his heart, he went back into his tent. He started to wake his family and they got up and rubbed the sleep from their eyes and the whole family started out toward the middle of the camp. They reached the middle of the camp and what welcomed them was the tabernacle, the church where they worshiped every day in the wilderness. And the little family watched with all the other families as the priest got in front of them and laid his hands on the goat. They watched as he sacrificed the goat, and they watched as he dipped his hands in the blood and sprinkled it on the people to remind them that they were forgiven. The father watched as the priest lifted up his arms, and as he did, he squeezed his wife's hand and he pulled his son and his daughter close. And the priest said, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. As the family walked back to the tent, the man felt a weight lift off his shoulders. And the storm that was raging in his heart was calm. And in its place, there was peace. He needed that blessing. And God knew he needed that blessing. God knew that there were many Israelites who had woken up that morning with a similar storm brewing in their heart. And so he gave his people this blessing for the priests to bless the Israelites with. And it's the same blessing we use at the end of our worship services. But have you ever wondered why? Why do we use this particular blessing when any old blessing will do? Today on this Holy Trinity Sunday, we focus on this blessing because it's unique. In this blessing, we find out who the Lord is. We can only understand who the Lord is when we understand what he's done for you. The blessing starts like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, I think the typical Israelite would have heard these words and thought, Really? I'm blessed? Because as they looked around and saw the wilderness around them, as they saw the dry, harsh conditions, as they saw how open they were in the open country, open to attack, I bet they didn't feel blessed at all. In fact, they were waiting for God's promises. And that's the thing about being in the wilderness. You can look around, and you see all the things that are wrong. You see the things you don't have. You see the danger around you. And maybe that's how you felt in the past. Maybe that's how you feel today, this Sunday morning, that you're in your own wilderness, stuck, waiting for God's promises. But you know it's remarkable? how our present situations can make us forget our past so quickly. The Israelites only had to remember that not long before this, they were slaves living in Egypt. But God had delivered them. God had wrenched them out of Pharaoh's grip with his power and his might. And even after Pharaoh pursued them to try and recapture his slaves, God delivered his people once and for all. They wouldn't be hearing from Pharaoh and the Egyptians ever again. And ever since that day, God had been blessing and keeping his people. He had given them food to eat, a place to live, a place to worship him every day. Even if they didn't feel blessed, God had not forgotten his people. You know, it, it makes me think of my daughter. There are times where I hold her and I'm feeding her a bottle, and as long as the bottle is in her mouth, everything's okay. But as soon as I reach for something else, the bottle pulls from her mouth, and it takes a second, and her lip curls, and she starts to cry. And I, I sit there and I think to myself, if only she knew. If only she knew that I have her in my arm and nothing's going to happen to her. If only she knew I have her bottle right here. I have everything she needs. If only she knew. Dear friends, that's how your Father in Heaven looks at you. As long as everything is going as planned, as long as I know where my food is coming from, as long as I get a good diagnosis, as long as I keep this job, then I'm happy. But as soon as one of those things disappears, Well, that's when the tears start. And our Father in heaven looks down at you. He looks at his sons and daughters, and he thinks, if only she knew. If only he knew. If only they knew that I am holding them in my arms. If only they knew I have exactly what they need, and I will never fail to provide for them and take care of them. And that's the Lord who blesses you and keeps you today. He gives us everything we need in this life. He gives us food and clothing, house and home. He protects us through the soldiers who stand ready to defend us. He guards us through the angels he sends to watch over us. Even when we forget the care of our protecting Father, he never forgets. He always remembers to make the sun rise On his sons and daughters. If only we knew. Well, through this blessing, we do. The blessing continues. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Now, I think when the Israelites heard this part of the blessing, they would have been equally surprised, because they had never seen God's face. God was up on the mountain. They were in the camp. They were painfully aware of the barrier that sin put between them and God. Only the high priest could enter into the most holy place, the very middle of the camp where God dwelled. The Israelites couldn't approach him. They couldn't see his face. They had seen him in a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, but they had never seen his face. They saw how the mountain shook with God's power. They felt the tremor in the earth, but they had never seen his face. And so I wonder what they thought his face looked like. And how about you? What does God's face look like to you? When something goes wrong, what does God look like? When wars continue overseas, What does his face look like? When God takes away the person in your life or the thing in your life that makes you who you are, what does God's face look like to you? Is he angry? Is he vengeful? Do you picture a God who is bent on making your life miserable? Or when you fall into that sin again that you swore you wouldn't do, you picture that God frowns at you and furrows his brow? I think most of us can remember a time where we did something wrong and our first thought is, what will mom and dad think? How will they react? What will the punishment be? How will I suffer? And the Bible tells us that God is perfectly just, that he can't stand sin. That's no secret. But that doesn't mean he wears an angry face. In fact, this blessing tells us exactly what God's face looks like. The blessing reads, the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. His face shines on us. It's not a face of anger or wrath or revenge. God looks at each and every one of you and he smiles. And we know this because he has sent his son. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sin, to remove that barrier that once separated us from God. He looks at you and smiles, not because of what you or I have done, but because of what Jesus has done in our place. And so for the Israelite who had never seen God's face and struggled to imagine what God's love was like, He or she could look forward in faith to the coming Messiah, to Jesus, and to his sacrifice for their sin. And when you struggle, when the clouds cover God's face and you forget what he looks like, when you struggle to imagine how God feels about you, look at the face of Jesus. Look at the lengths he was willing to go to to win you for himself because that's what grace looks like. And it's hard for us to imagine this grace fully. We can't really comprehend it in its entirety. Have you ever stood at the base of a waterfall? Have you stood there and felt its power in your bones, and you see how it runs and runs, and it never runs out? And you can even try and cup your hands around it, try and define it for yourself, but it just flows over your hands. It fills and refills and spills over. There is no end to it. That's what God's grace for you is like. And through this blessing, we know where that grace is located. It's located in his son, Jesus. But the blessing isn't done yet. The last section of the blessing is this. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now, through their journey, through all the ups and downs that the Israelites had experienced, I wonder if they thought that God was with them through the high points. But when hardship came up, when they experienced lows, that he was nowhere to be found. And isn't there some part of that logic that makes sense to you? If God is really with me every step of the way in this life, then why is life so hard? Why do people die? Why is there violence? Why is there hatred? It really does feel like I'm on my own sometimes. But in this blessing, God tells us that we are never on our own. In fact, he tells us that now nothing can separate us from his love. He's with us through the ups and through the downs. He is with us to guide us, to comfort us, because he sends his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit dwells among his people. And in fact, he doesn't turn his face away because of our sins. Instead, he turns his face away from what we've done, and he dwells with us. He remembers our sins no more, and that's why we can have peace we can have peace. When you and I think of peace, maybe we think of the absence of war or no more violence. To us, maybe peace means that everybody always gets along. But the Israelites had a different definition, a special take on this peace. They called it shalom. And to the Israelites, shalom means that everything is as it should be. Shalom is a peace that transcends our understanding. It's a peace that this world just can't take away. And so the war in Ukraine can't fight it. COVID can't weaken this peace. School shootings can't kill it. This peace lasts. Shalom means that it doesn't mean that pain and suffering won't be in your life. But instead, it means that when those things do show themselves, you can rest in the assurance that everything will be okay. You can rest in the assurance that the Father will provide for you and protect you. You can know that the Son has paid for your life. He has bought you for himself with his own blood. And we know all this because the Holy Spirit is with us. He has created faith in our hearts. He gives us this peace, this shalom. We can be at ease. We can rest in the knowledge that everything we've done, things we've done that only we know, things that we think would make everyone else turn their face away. Everything has been forgiven and forgotten. Because the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as taking care of your salvation. And so, for the Israelite who woke up with a storm brewing in his heart, this blessing was for them. Because so often they would wake up and the devil would try and convince them that they had a different name liar, cheater, murderer, sinner. But God gives us this blessing. And when he does, he puts his name on his people, the Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so every Israelite who thought they were alone or who felt guilty or was just worried, they could remember this blessing and remember who the Lord is and what they had done, what he had done for them. By now, you know who this blessing is all about. After all, his name is repeated three times. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. But let's not forget who this blessing is for. It's for you. Every time the Lord's name is mentioned, you is mentioned twice as many times. And that's because everything the Father does, it's for you. And everything the Son does, it's for you. And everything the Holy Spirit does, that's for you too. It's for you at the end of this service when I say the blessing. This blessing is for you the rest of today and the rest of your week until you come back here again and hear the blessing once more. This blessing is for you and people like you who wake up with a storm in their heart. And this blessing is for you from now until you leave the wilderness and enter the promised land. Amen.